Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Dude, it is a great day because when we're done podcasting, yes, I'm going home. Yep. And my younger two have yet to see the Green Mile. Yeah. And we're watching the Green Mile. Such a great now, movie. That's not our theme, I know. Yep. And you know me that we're on dangerous ground here, Nathan. I know. I could. We could easily go down the path, but uh, I love it because that, to me, is one of my classics. I know you yeah. love the movie, too. Yeah. Oh, it's a great movie, and and one of the things that's dangerous for us especially is it's been so long since we've been together. I know. Um, that you and I have yet to really get caught up on the movies and shows that we've been digging uh, on since then. So. And I'm eager to, my friend. Yes, but not today. No, not today. Not today. today, we have some other matters, important matters to yeah. discuss, but I love that we... Uh, we dropped a classic last week. Yeah, we, we Scotty Smith mentioned this last week that we are looking at the grace of the gospel and talking about that. And we thought that this one that we did with Scotty Smith so many years ago, I, I don't even remember how many years ago it was now. I think it was, uh, I think it was seven years ago. Yeah. I think it was 2016. You might, Yeah, you might be right. I, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was within that first year or the second year. So. Yeah, I think it was because we started... Uh, we started 2015. 2015. I yep. think it was into the second year that we had Scotty Smith on. And I believe he's retired. Mm-hmm. Or was, he, was he retired even all the way back then? He could have been, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, if you remember on that, he was uh, he was hanging out at his backyard yes, barbecuing. He was barbecuing, <laughs> doing his chicken. Perfect summer uh, theme for yep. us and everything. Yep. So the uh, audience may or may not know this, but I had to pause for a second because uh, we were hearing some kind of weird sound coming through. I think it's the AC, isn't it? I think so, yeah. So we've, I think we've actually uh, have been able to turn this up a little bit so that we can hear and listen to, you know, or you can hear and listen to us a little better, a little louder. Yep. But uh, it's also in doing that we're we're picking up a little bit of some background noise, which yeah, I believe is the AC going on. Back now, there. what we could do, Nathan, to serve our audience is be hot. But I, audience, I just stay with us. I want to be love you guys. I don't love you that much. Yeah, I, I'm wearing <laughs> jeans too, dude. Yeah. Uh, I'm wearing jeans. I'm not wearing shorts tonight, so I want to be comfortable. How's yeah. that for serving the audience? That's right. A uh, little background noise, you may hear it, may go on and off. Yeah, you're right. It is picking up all that little whir of, yeah. Yeah, extra That's right. sounds. I'm glad I ate so my stomach's not rumbling. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, everybody's shocked that I ate. Um, but anyway, dude, yes, we were talking about the grace of the gospel. Yeah, grace of the gospel. And uh, one of the things, Greg, that has really, um, this is actually going to be a two parter. Yeah, and and our first part. So you know, we want to we want to lay that out. Our first part is going to be mistakes that people have made with that. Yeah, 
Um, and, and when I say mistakes, Greg, you're gonna you're gonna talk to us, and, and you know what I'm talking about. I have a PhD in mistakes. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna kind of lead us into what that looks like. Yeah. Um, but first, we just want to let our listeners know if you have not listened to Scotty Smith, please go back listen to that one that we put out yeah. last week. Uh, because for the month of July, or I should say for three weeks, yeah, last week, this week, and next week, that's what we're going to be showcasing. Our first one we did in July was more of a... It was about the fourth. Yeah, it was about the fourth. Yeah, and kind so of a was, special standalone. Yeah. So this one, uh, you know, so these three that we're doing are definitely focusing on that. And so, yep. Greg, when, when we talk about mistakes with um, the, the, the gospel and the grace in the gospel... What do we mean by that? Well, um, there's so many ways to come at this, Nathan. I'll uh, let, let me give you my personal view. When I first heard about Jesus, yeah, um, I you know, initially thought this is ridiculous. This is too extreme. Come on, this this thing can't be real. It's it's a little too uh, pie in the sky. Uh, seemed a little too exclusive. But then you start thinking about, wow, what Christianity offers the world, very unique, mm-hmm. because it really, I mean, what are people suspicious of? Where are the strings? Yeah. Where are the yeah. strings? The attached strings, right? So, oh, you know, the old timeshare presentation. Right. This is going to be the most cost-effective, easy-peasy way to do vacation, and now we have uh, actual companies that specialize in legally extricating you right. from your timeshare, right? right? So we're used to strings. But when the gospel, the announcement of God's good news is that your sins can be forgiven yep. at absolutely no cost to you. Yeah. Notice we stress to you. Mm-hmm. There's always a cost. There's always a cost. The gospel yes. is that Jesus paid it. He didn't make a partial payment and waits for us to complete the installment plan. Yep. He didn't even do 99.9% and says, all you got to do is throw a few pennies at there's literally no cost. So we know that. It's in our hymnody, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, Saved a Wretch Like Me. Um, we understand it at some level. But then, in my case, so I had a, a honeymoon of amazement that, wow, I am accepted into God's family through nothing that I've accomplished. Yeah. I didn't jump through a religious hoop. I just received the gift that was offered to me in the good news announcement. Jesus will forgive my sins. Jesus will secure a place for me in heaven. Jesus will blot out my shame. You know, a hundred things you could fill in. And for me, it is free. Yeah. At some point, and it's almost imperceptible, in my experience, I jumped into discipleship. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mocking discipleship. Right. But I used to always tell, you've probably heard me say this, Nathan, in various presentations, new new members class, new visitors, even uh, in a sermon. Um, I was always looking for the next thing. Right. So I'd yeah. hear like a sermon series on the importance of prayer. Right. It's all about praying. And I'm reading books on prayer. I'm right. talking to people about prayer. I'm in prayer groups, learning how to do a prayer journal. Uh, and again, hear me. I know you you know this, Nathan, but for the audience, there's not one bad thing in what I just said. Right, right. Who's going to knock that? 
Yep. Scripture is replete with, with references to prayer, the importance of prayer, the practice of prayer. So prayer, right? Yeah. But uh, rode that horse for a while, and then maybe I'd be introduced to something else, right? Like, right. you know what? It's really about missions and evangelism. Yeah. Why else are we here? We are here to tell people who's going to knock that. Yeah. Great commission, example of the early church, you know, the great missionaries in our our history. Uh, it's all about that. Yeah. Uh, and then you could add many things there. So I, I think what happens almost imperceptibly is that, remember that grace thing we started? Oh, yeah, yeah. That got me in. Yeah. That got me in the door. Right. And then... Um, what we, now? Uh, but, but now, <laughs> and to any Christian at any given time, it may be something. Yeah. Some things, I would say, there, there are better some things and less than good some things. Yeah. But I would maintain all of them are missing the mark at some level. Like, for example, if your something is I'm going to be a QAnon conspiracy theorist and all of my energy is going to be devoted to that. Right. And that's kind of what's fueling my faith and my understanding of right. God. There's probably some unhealthy, well, not there's unhealthy there's things unhealthy happening things there. there. Right. Yeah. I, we, yeah. we can just say it. And yeah. if anybody wants to talk to us about it, we can Somebody that was saying, man, I'm really devoted to prayer or evangelism, uh, that is a much better thing. Right. But I'm still going to say it's not the main thing. Yeah. And I know that's what we're going to get more into in part two. Yeah. But what I found, Nathan, for me was almost a sense of exhaustion. Yeah. Where the, the things that fuel our Christian identity, our Christian practice, our Christian faith, are just that they're things that we do. Yeah. Uh, and again, fa- you, well, fasting was never my thing. But, you know, <laughs> uh, obviously some people it is. Fasting, yeah. prayer, could be meditation, could be uh, personal worship, right? Um, dare, dare I say reading the Bible more? Oh, yeah, dude, reading the Bible. I, I, yeah, that's kind of an out-of-the-gate no-brainer, right? And every one of these things, who's ever going to say, don't do that, don't do that, right. don't do that? right. That's why I say it's subtle and imperceptible. Yeah. There is a kind of Christian energy that's fueled by the doing of any one of those things. And uh, what I normally find uh, is it kind of reminds me of a crash diet. Mm. Enthusiasm at the beginning. Yep. There's probably a few people. I actually knew a dude uh, years ago. um, Fellow by first name is Steve. Not related to me. I have a, had a wonderful, belated, departed father-in-law whose name's Steve. Uh, but a guy I knew in another context who was probably at phase one. Remember the Atkins diet? Yes. And yep. wasn't phase one like just a just a complete meat coma phase? Yeah. And you're not like eating you anything cut else. Out fruit, sugar, all like gone. Bread, every, yeah, everything. And then at some point, you kind of reintroduce yeah. uh, some of those things slowly. This guy. Would ne- was just not reintroducing them. Oh, okay. But he's got to be one out of 10,000. Yeah. I will say he was really thin. I don't I don't know what is what what, what a chem panel, a blood screen right, would have looked right. like for him. Um, so either what happens in that model, you've got people that are trying really, really hard at doing some Christian thing. Yeah. And what I find, dude, is uh, you either burn out you get so discouraged that you're burning out that you 
even there, there's a, a flow chart. You could just be honest about it and just say, I'm exhausted and I'm kind of done. Yep. You could fake it. Yeah. And act like, yep, still doing it because that's what you're supposed to do as a Christian. Right. And, but you're really not doing it. Right. But you don't want people to know that you're not doing it. Um, or in some cases, you can say, man, this is what I signed up for. And you just feel flat. Yeah. You feel uh, just kind of spent. Yep. And done. You ever had that experience, Martin? Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up, I, I, when we were first doing the podcast years ago, uh, I believe I refer to uh, Christian uh, youth conferences or Christian conferences as Christian crack. Crack, I remember that. You dude. know, yes. and it and it really it is because you get these super highs. Yep. And if you don't properly know how to deal with it, and let's be real, most organizations are not teaching people how to properly deal with it. You get super low. Yes. You know, you you're you're on that high. For a day, maybe two, maybe maybe if you last a week or or if you're really stretching it a month, yeah, and then and then it's done. You're done. Yeah. There's there's no more coming through because because that high is gone. Yeah. And and so you look for the next high. Yeah. When's the next conference? When's the next youth retreat? And so yeah, I can totally relate to that. Going to these conferences and you know. The music plays, oh. and you know the the speakers there, and they're in the Word of God, and you know the Word of God talks about being in the Word of God, yep. and so you know you've you've got to make sure that you know every day you're getting up at four in the morning and doing your devotions and yep. praying because Martin Luther started his days yep. three hours in prayer yep. every day because and and so we start going through these things. One of the things that I find interesting is Scripture never talks about anyone except Jesus as being the whole package. Right. And yet we expect every single believer around us, including ourselves, Mm. to be the whole package. Now, I I admit to a certain extent it's because we want to be more like Jesus, so we yearn for that. Sure. Right. I think that's bred out of a good place because we want to be more like Christ, and we know that Christ was such a student of the Word. We yeah. know that He was such a student of prayer, of fasting, of yeah. whatever it was. But in the context of what we see, this is always—he's always unattainable in yeah. who we're going to be. Dude, this could be a great intro too for the the role of the church, the community. Yeah, because what you just said is so true. Uh, most Christians that I know, you know, ourselves included, I think of certain friends, and I think, man, when I think of them, I think of this yes. aspect of the faith. Right? Yeah. They are prayers. Yes. Yeah. Everybody, you know, and and dude, I how many times we've all done it? Somebody tells us something. Oh man, I'll be praying for you. Right. Which basically means I'm praying for you right now in second. my head because yes. I might not remember later. Exactly. So it becomes kind of a cliche, and then you learn people that no, these people really pray. My, Roscoe Adams. Roscoe yeah. Adams, dude. Uh, I just spent. T- it's so interesting. You know, I just uh, when we're recording this, I just got back from my little quick jaunt up to Cooperstown. Yep. And. Um, Wonderful friend I met at my writer's residency uh, and his his very dear wife. 
uh, hosted me and Lisa and two of our four. Yep. And we had a great time up there. How we got on to Roscoe, I don't know. Yeah. But Roscoe came up. and Oh, oh I do know, actually. Uh, Joan, my, uh, my friend Terry's uh, wife, uh, was uh, talking about some nuns uh, that she reached out to years ago. Yes. Uh, I think it was a Carmelite uh, sect uh, in a, in a uh, convent. And just how much encouragement she gleaned yeah. because she had a family member going through a health challenge. And they got, and she said, I just that they were praying. And yes. I said, I, I bet they were praying. We find some people yeah. in life that are like, they pray. And, and so that got us talking about Roscoe. Yeah. You know, my very dear departed uh, friend and mentor, uh, spiritual father, uh, who prayed literally three to four hours every day. Yeah. Uh, and I confirmed that with his wife after he passed. That's what I had put together in our friendship over the years. But you know, Nathan, if you were to share with Roscoe a request, yes, yep. he would write it down. Yep. And he literally prayed for that request every day the rest of his yes. life. And, uh, and he would ask you about it every time he saw you. He would. He'd every remember time he you, saw you yep. and say, how is such and such? Yeah. Um, but we, the fact that we can say that, we don't, Often encounter. Right. Nobody's going to say that about me. Yeah. I'm not no. saying that to be falsely humble, yeah. just to be factual. Right. Oh, totally agree. <clears throat> I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I can I can pray in a group of people. Yeah. And I know, quote unquote, the right things to say and how to make it sound good. Yes. And I think people interpret that as, oh, this is, this is a man of prayer. Oh, sure. I'm a man of words. Right. Um, yeah. You and I share that, my friend. <laughs> you and I share that. Of course. Now, dude, now, tell me, real quick aside, what happens, Nathan, if you're ever with a group of, I don't know, hypothetically, people on a serve team on a Sunday morning praying, and say somebody, <laughs> the pastor of the church, turns the corner, only sees you, and doesn't see all the people you're praying with, sees you and says, what up, player? I <laughs> I, I say nothing, and I leave him to his full embarrassment. <laughs> I that is a true story in our church. I I'm such an idiot coming out, coming out of my office down the hallway to only see Nathan. Dude, that could have been a scene in a sitcom. I know. <clears throat> I'm like, you're just there. You're probably talking to you know somebody there. You're talking to Bill or Ryle or. Somebody in, in the main lobby, I said, oh, I can say it. So I just yelled, like, what up, player? And then as I walked further, I kind of see your ex, you're with a whole group in prayer. And then remember, dude, how I said, I just needed to correct that. Say, oh, I'm sorry, Nathan, I meant what, what? up, prayer. <laughs> see, that's how we... <laughs> That's how we recover from that. Uh, Woo! Okay, dude. Had to get that one out there. Um, yes, but but prayer, right? Yeah. Or then I think of people we both know that are genuinely evangelistic. Yes. Uh, yeah. That just have a heart to talk to people yes. outside of the faith, about their faith, yep. share the gospel, and yep. you know they're driven by it. Yep. It's their passion. Yep. And then character qualities, dude. There's people... That are gentle uh, and and exude a gentleness, and you feel very affirmed and very maybe heard, yeah. or just feels good to be in their presence. Yeah. And then I know people do that that are pretty, you know, they'll, they'll call you out on stuff and yeah. just say, "Hey, man, what's up with this?" And you're like, "Woo!" Getting kind of that sharp. Yep. And I love what you said. Which of those people is the full Jesus package? Right. 
None of us. Yeah. Not a one of us. Yeah. And I love that observation, Nathan. And to tie that into many Christians' perception of what their life is about post-conversion yeah. is often maybe chasing after often a discipline that they're weak in and maybe they're very motivated. That's why I often say it's like a diet plan. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm eating too many cheesesteaks and too right. many cheesecakes, right? You know, for me, it's always the steaks and the cakes. That's right. <laughs> um, and, oh, man, I got to get back to a healthier diet, healthier walking habits, the gym, whatever it may be. We learn um, often it's unsustainable yeah, because it's a – it's an unnatural preoccupation, which anybody can do for a day or two. Right. Uh, but it doesn't sustain. And I think there is a form of that that goes often unnoticed. Yeah. For years, Nathan, I it, my, I guess the, the underlying question of my Christian experience is, what should I be doing now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what Who, should I be Who's written on? the latest book or the latest workbook or, yep. you know, who's got the latest seminars on what, I mean. Could be money management. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's a, yeah. you know, whether it was back in, in my day, uh, it was Larry Burkett initially, yep. Ron Blue a little, yep. who I think is still around in some capacity. Yep. And now it's Ramsey. Yeah. Right. There's always going to be somebody there to kind of, here's how you manage your money yep. and this is what you do and you buy books and yes. do programs and do seminars. Yeah. What I find so interesting about every one of those is that, again, doesn't matter whether it's Dave Ramsey, doesn't matter whether it's uh, I, I don't know who who's doing something on prayer, you know, who whoever it is mm -hmm. and whatever they're doing, it's always couched in scripture and yeah. it's always in such a way that's do 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 do. Yeah, and I think this is what we're coming back to, right? Is that there's not enough grace and gospel in it yes well because the grace did its job it got yeah. you in the door yeah and now i've got to do and and i think in this analogy to what we're really saying what we're saying is your grace isn't the door it's the house yeah it's the cul-de-sac it's the neighborhood it's the it's the couch it's the bed it's it's, it's everything yeah it's 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 what we're introduced into yep and in our hymnody, I mentioned Amazing Grace. The The beginning is more famous. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Right. Blind, but now I see, because it saved a wretch like me. But uh, you also have this picture in there, was grace that brought me safe thus, thus far. Yeah. And grace, grace will lead me, me home. Yeah. And and take it one step further. When we've been there yes. 10,000 years, <laughs> what are Absolutely. we going to be doing? We're going to be singing about the grace. The grace of God. Yeah. Uh, because it is really the story. Yeah. And I think um, if anybody's listening, you know, like I said, we really wanted to introduce this in this this uh, podcast. Uh, questions I always have to ask right now is I'll say to people if they're struggling, hey, what do you think God wants of you right now? Yeah. I'll listen to what people say about that. What do you feel like you are not doing right now that you should be? And dude, almost without exception, it's what you just said a minute ago. It's something in the category of do more yeah. or try harder. Now, in fairness, I've kind of framed the question 
to almost get that answer. Yeah. yeah. So the idea of how I live a life just immersed in God's grace is somewhat lost, but this is not unique to our experience, Nathan. I uh, was looking at this uh, just uh, when it wasn't today. I think I was looking at this over the weekend, and a good podcaster would have all this pulled up, but I'm not a good one, so uh, I'm just pulling it up right now. (laughs) Got it? Galatians chapter 3. Yeah. Uh, I remember this was an old Bible trivia question I heard on like a Christian radio program. And uh, I knew it because I just read Galatians and I was only like 18, 19 or so. But it said, uh, who did Paul or maybe whom did he call foolish? It was the Galatians. Right. I just read it. Galatians 3. Oh, foolish Galatians. Yeah. Who has bewitched you? That's a strong term. Yeah. I mean, bewitched. Well, and and that term foolish, right? You've talked about that yes. before. I mean, when you're commanded, you're forbidden from calling somebody foolish. Yes. And Paul uses this word because ultimately, at the end of the day, a fool is one who is condemned to hell. Right. Exactly. I mean, and it's God's assessment. Yeah. Which shows he's writing under authority. Yep. Uh, because Jesus he tells the parable, God said tonight, you fool. Yeah. Your soul will be demanded of you. Yeah. So I always have taken that to mean that fool is not a thing to casually uh, flip. Oh, Nathan, man, you, you you gave me a ham and cheese instead of turkey cheese, you fool. Right. Um, you know, I mean, it's, I'm not trying to word our, our, police. Right. But the heart yeah. of that, yeah. if I'm literally categorizing you yeah. over a ham sandwich. Right. No, that is, this is the language of divine assessment. Yeah. So I think you're right. The fact that he says, oh, foolish Galatians, that's not lost on him. But the charge is so serious. Yeah. And remember, Galatians is the only letter he writes yeah. where there's not the 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 commendation yeah. language at the beginning of the letter. Yeah. He gets right to it. Yeah. And he says um, he's astonished yeah. that they're deserting the one who called them uh, and going to a different gospel. Yeah. And he just takes off the gloves. Says, I'm not going to mince words. Because this issue was so important, yep. even though Corinth, on the surface, seems like a more screwed up church. Right. I mean, let, let, let's talk about this for a second. Dude. <laughs> Corinth. Sometimes I'm amazed by Corinth. It's like, well, they were confused um, about the resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, n- not even sure there was a, a resurrection or a future resurrection for them. Uh, they were committing sexual sin. You had an abuse of spiritual gifts. Yep. You had them divided like children, he says at the right. beginning. Uh, you've got scandal, division, misuse of spiritual gifts, terrible doctrine. Yeah, They get a commendation. I'll yeah. talk about that a little more in part two. Galatia seems like a very morally upright church based on what we can mere read. Right. And Paul takes the gloves off. Yeah. Because as serious as the issues were in Corinth, and he certainly corrects them. Sure. It's more serious at Galatia. Right. Because they're getting the gospel wrong. Yeah. And I think this is an example where he lays it out. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you or duped you? Yeah. It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or... Um, by hearing with faith. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected 
by the flesh. Yeah. That seems to be Paul's um, uh, judgment. Yeah. Uh, and his the way he would label what I'm calling this, yeah, grace gets you started. Right. Something else keeps us going. Yeah. Um, I'm linking, of course, the Holy Spirit's work. Yeah. To the grace of God, they they go hand in yeah. hand, obviously, because yeah. the Spirit is the one who opens our eyes, brings brings makes us alive again, yep. uh, regenerates us. If we want to use the the ten cent theological language, yep. And then it's interesting. So having begun like that, yeah, you're now focused on. And at Galatia, the issue was was law. Yes, it was living uh, like a faithful. Jewish man or woman, yep. as they would have defined it, which is ceremonial observance, yep. uh, just code keeping, precept keeping, law keeping, yep. to show that you're truly, authentically Jewish yep. and worthy of the gospel. So nobody here is probably saying that, oh, yeah, Jesus, of course, he died for us, he saved us, of course, nobody's denying that. Right. So I always say this issue to me isn't just a, oh, I want to see you have more joy. I do. People that struggle with this, but there's a danger, right, in sort of missing the whole point, right, of what the gospel is intended to do. Yeah. So here, this is why this is good news, even though this is part one. Nathan is obviously we're doing a part two because right. no, if it, most people that are living this way at some level are exasperated, right, and it's exhausting. Yeah. Well, and that and that's the thing is, we always look at again. Christ is the author and perfecter yeah. and finisher of our faith, right? I mean, you just talked about that with the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit does. And many times we we look at all these things we can do, right? We enter in the door, right? Yeah. And I'm using quotes. We enter the door through in, in grace, and then it's like, what do I do now? Well, now my house needs to get cleaned up. Yeah. And instead of remembering that, well, wait a minute. There's somebody there who is going to clean up your house, right? Just like that person got you through the door. And I think, I think a lot of times we forget that that even in the grace, we didn't walk through that door on our own, right? That was that was the work of the Holy Spirit yeah. that brought us through there. Oh, dude, and, and that's why the resurrection language tied into regeneration. Yeah, your First Peter, you've got. You're born again to a living hope through the resurrection. The new birth and the resurrection always go hand in hand. Yes. Because both illustrate what? There's death. Yes. And inability. Yes. And then there's life and vitality. Yeah. Walking. And, you know, it's the old analogy that it's, again, we can overword police. If somebody says, sure, hey, it's sure. like you're drowning and the lifeguard saves you. I understand what they mean in general. Yeah about the metaphor for salvation. Right. But the more accurate metaphor, you're dead and buried at the bottom of the lake. Right. And the death has already occurred. Right. I mean, because we want to highlight the grace of God doesn't just resuscitate. Right. It resurrects. Right. The dead. And according to Ephesians 2, that's us who are spiritually dead. Yeah. And then the, the grace of God comes in. So think how powerful of a picture that is. You're right. It didn't just open the door and say, no, I think I'll walk through that now. Right. No, it just swept us through. Yes. God's grace came and it was just irresistible. It was it was overpowering. It right. Was 
beautiful. You know, it's 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 such a, a beautiful picture of God's grace. So getting away from God's grace, yeah, is so tragic. Yeah, and um, you know because it. You, I love that you pointed that out, Nathan. It wasn't just that. Yeah, the grace of God. Oh, it kind of piqued my interest in Christian things, right. and then then I took over from from there. That's not the story. Yeah. It is uh, life-giving, yeah. resurrection right. power. Uh, Jeremiah puts it, replacing the heart of stone yes. with a heart of flesh. Love that. You know, and th- there's just Soft, no other way. Yeah, beating, malleable, yeah. Uh, receptive. Yep. Yes, it's it's such a um, such a, a picture. So I would say, Nathan, for anybody listening, think about this. If you um, Often the signs are guilt, yeah, which often brings paralysis. Yep. Um, and again, we've in some other podcasts we've talked, and I'll, I'll throw a quick, uh, quick um, clarification in here. Not saying there's no conviction. Sure, sure. Guilt and conviction are, are different things. An analogy I heard years ago is that guilt is a bear trap. Uh, I always remember that Matt Smith would love this uh, first blood. Yeah. <laughs> Stallone running through the wilderness, right? He sets up like a bear trap when the deputies are coming after yep. him. Oh, brutal scene. The poor dude steps in it, yep. closes on him. I mean, you ain't going anywhere. Yeah, That thing has torn you up, uh, and you are going to need some help to get out of that. Um, you don't go anywhere. A um, That, to me, is an analogy of guilt. Yeah, It bites into you. It doesn't let you go. It, you are paralyzed. Yep. Conviction is more like uh, the analogy I heard is imagine you're walking through the wilderness and under some leaves there's a springboard mm-hmm. and you step on it and it propels you up and forward. That's not comfortable. Yeah. Uh, that's probably not fun yep. when you are in free fall. Oh, my goodness. But say you the analogy I heard, you get up. Yeah. It's thrown you forward 10 feet further into your journey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't fun. Right. You but might I, have some bumps and bruises. Some bumps and bruises, but yeah. I'm, I'm not stuck yeah. where I can't move. Yeah. So often I want to be careful about that because I've said some things before and people say, well, wait a minute. Um, what about the guy who's who's um, who's cheating on his wife or, or even thinking of cheating on his wife? And then he hears a message on the sanctity of marriage or God's holiness and he's convicted. You're saying that's a bad thing. I said, no, no, no. Yeah. That That is a springboard. Right. Right, that I believe that's a form of God's grace. Yeah, yeah. Calling attention. Whoa. Yeah. Look at this path I'm on. Yeah. Thank you and, for redirecting. And Greg, here's the difference too. Um, I've uh, not known a lot, but I've known a handful of people in my time who have who have gone through with that. Mm-hmm. The guilt Same. is what keeps them in secret. It's the guilt point. is what keeps it hidden yep. and buried until they're caught. Yep. Where where the conviction, even in the midst of it, yep. is going to reveal and bring truth yes. and light and grace. Yes. And and there is a big difference between between that guilt that stops a person that that continues to wear away and eat at that marriage internally. Well said. Um, and and God's grace that sheds over that, and you know, it doesn't mean that even if even if that's brought to light and God's grace is shedding over that, that divorce you know couldn't happen. But there's a significant difference 
between yes. when God's grace sheds on that and the conviction that comes from that versus the guilt of being in that. Agreed. Agreed. It just recently I preached on John four and the woman yeah. or the woman at the well, and Jesus exposes her life. Yes, she's with a man who's not her husband. She's been married five times. Um, that I'm sure was unpleasant. Right. But it by the end of the story, she's full of joy and right. she's bringing people to Jesus. Right. Um, and she's referencing those events. Yes. He knew this about me. He knows this about me. This is what's going on in my yeah. life. The implication is he's delivering me he's from deliver- this. I, he, he does not retract the water yeah. of life, the living water. It's yes. there for me. It's a beautiful thought. I, I love that. That is, we're getting into episode two a little, but that's okay. I, yeah, no, yeah. that's good. Because it's hard to talk about one without the other. Yeah. Um, the grace of God at work there. Yeah. Uh, doing something I couldn't do for myself, I yes. wouldn't have been able to do for myself. It's a beautiful example. And I try to assure people, I'm telling you, when because you, I, I knew this about lying when I was a kid. Um, you, know, you lie so much, you build this little house of lies, yeah. and you got to keep so many plates spinning. Yeah. Oh, because, oh, wait, I think I told this person right. this thing contradicts what I told this Got a new lie. Need a new plate. So right. I, they uh, kind of never cross paths, and and to have somebody come along and says, "Let me tell you, you let every one of those plates drop. Yep, it's unpleasant. Broken pottery or broken plates everywhere. Right. You might even get a little bit cut. You got to watch where you step. But the, the the freedom that comes right when you can stop spinning those plates. So because that was actually my analogy when I would give these you know, uh, presentations before about um, most Christians spend their time spinning plates. Right. I said, so, oh, my goodness. And in my case, it was I'd hear a sermon or go to a conference. Yeah. The missions plate, the worship plate, the prayer plate, the Bible reading plate, the Bible memory plate. Keep it spinning, keep it spinning, keep it spinning, keep it spinning. And eventually, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I've been a little more focused on, I haven't been praying too much. Need to run over here, give attention right. to prayer. Oh, I haven't thought about evangelism. Let me run right. back. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. And I really don't believe this is how we were meant to live. Yeah. I. And again, just going back, you know, everything we see in scripture when, when, we, when we talk about gifts points to not everybody has all the gifts. Yeah. Not everybody has all the gifts, and and everything we see in Scripture points to we are incomplete and imperfect. We are never going to have it all. Yes. And so, you know, I know, I, just kind of a personal um, story and example, I know for me, right, I I grew up committing myself, and, and I don't say this to sound boastful, I'm going to tie it together in a second, committing myself to reading Scripture. That's something that I can do fairly effortlessly effortlessly when I put my mind to it. Yep. And so for me, when I'm not doing that thing, yeah, that's when the conviction starts to set in. Interesting. That's when conviction starts. It's like, oh, I, I haven't been reading scripture. I know this is something that that comes more naturally to me. And so yeah. for me, this is an indicator that I am slipping a little yeah. bit in, in my walk. Yeah. Prayer not one of those things. Yeah. I, I'm not feeling guilty when I haven't spent an hour in prayer. Right, right. Um, I've come to the point in my walk where I realize that that's not my thing. However, in contrast, I am feeling great when somebody asks me to pray for them, and in that moment, I pray for them. Sure. 
Sure. Because that's something easy that I can do, and and I'm honoring my commitment that I've said I would pray for them. But but yeah, I'm not feeling guilty if that's not continuously coming back to me, and I'm not continuously doing that right. And that's uh, well, I should say convicted. Yeah. Use our definitions here. Sure. You know, and so and <laughs> yeah. so that conviction isn't there. And so I think one of the things right a few weeks ago we talked about the idea of of people being able to know themselves and right. being self-aware. Self-awareness, baby. And and that's something that that we learn and we glean as we are walking more with Christ. But you can only learn and glean that when you're walking in grace. Yes. Knowing on the front end, you are not going to be who you want to be, which should be an encouragement to some respect because the person you want to be is more like Christ. Yes. Dude, what you what you just said, I'm wondering if anybody in the audience says, well, did Nathan say he's not feeling as guilty about prayer? I'm convinced, we've talked about this many times, yeah. it's because you have a very solid understanding of how the grace of God works. Yeah. Who we, often it's tied into identity. Yeah. Which is tied into our security. So uh, I personally think, dude, this is the perfect place. Yeah. To end it because... I'm eager to come back and uh, let this one sink in a little bit. Yeah. And next week, see what does it mean to live a a grace-saturated yes. life? Where grace was not the front door that got us in right. to this but it's Christian where, thing. Yeah. But what does it mean? Yeah. And what does it look like? And when I've seen people... And now, here's what I thought. Dude, our drift, I think, is always in some level to performance and guilt. Oh, yeah. I think it's just hardwired into us. Yeah. Because we live in a world where... You know, look, our right. employers aren't designed yeah. to operate by grace. Yep. It's input-output, yep. right? It's hard work is rewarded. Right. It's shoddy work is penalized. Well, what was it? I mean, do you remember originally one of the names we were going to call this podcast and why? Oh, remind me, dude. Remind the me. The Drunken Peasant. Oh, yes, yes. And it's it's because now Martin Luther is attributed to this, although I, I think the more I looked into it, he's not... He didn't actually all those do great it, quotes, but, dude. Yeah, Spurgeon has one yeah. about yellow stripes that probably he didn't say. Uh, there's but, a thousand but, things like yeah, that. Yeah, but grace and legalism, it's like it's like a drunken peasant on a horse, yes. right? And you're always going to be dipping to one side yes. or the other. That's I forgot that, dude. We were going to call this a drunken peasant. But people thought that we'd be drinking beer, which we well we have done sometimes. And stuff that's harder. Exactly. There may have been some bourbon in here on occasion, but dude, tonight I'm drinking bottled water. Yeah. You're not. I don't see you drinking I, anything. Yeah. No, I had a, I had a nice uh, lemonade with uh, with my dinner earlier. So yes, yeah. but you're you're right, dude. The um, it, there is always this thing. So to me, the call back is always. To grace, yeah, which is not legalism, yeah, or license, yep. It is the way God works in us, through us, among us. What the gospel offers us and promises us, yes, uh, and imparts to us. So, uh, yeah, this was fun yeah. dude, to kick this around. It, yeah. it actually, I'm thinking of things in my life right now where I thought, have I slipped into a more performance based mentality yeah. here? Uh, even though I'm, I feel like I'm hyper vigilant right. about it. Boy, it's still, I still, I still find that I can get ambushed sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and and you know, I'm sure we'll have more of those conversations next week. 
Absolutely. Greg, until the next time, we just rock the casket. Yes, Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.